0: Hi, Kez. I'm Tuiyan. I'm a current student
1: at LSU, a junior. I'm studying liberal arts with a concentration in African and African-American studies. I graduated from Kip Renaissance High School in New Orleans, last Victorian, in 2018. And yeah, so I'm gonna let you guys introduce yourselves and then we're gonna get into the topics. Taj, you're the first person. Take it away.
2: Okay. Um, hey, everybody. I'm Taj Frazier, a Kip Renaissance alum, class of 2018. I attend Bard College majoring in sociology, concentrating in gender, sexuality, Latin, and Iberian studies. I'm an avid mentor through Brothers at Bard, a co-head for queer people of color on campus, a member of the Black Student Organization and Caribbean Student Association.
3: Hi, I'm Tia Watts. Um, I'm currently a sophomore at LSU, class of 23, boom. Um, The major is Kinesiology, Human Movement Science, Pre-Med, I graduated from Benjamin Franklin High School in 2019 and currently I'm the Public Relations Chair for the African American Cultural Center Executive Board on campus and I also serve as Director of Marketing and Outreach for the RHAE Board on campus. Hi
0: everyone, my name is Paris. I graduated from Warren Easton in 2018. I'm currently a rising junior at Spelman College. I'm a transfer student. I transferred from Southern University. I um, am an English major with a minor in curatorial studies. Some things I'm a part of on campus is the pre-alumna council. I am a museum ambassador. I'm also part of an Air Force ROTC at Georgia Tech, and I'm an orientation leader for the class of 24.
4: How y'all doing? I'm Chris Plummer. I'm an alumni from Kip Renaissance High School in New Orleans. I attend Morehouse College. I'm a rising junior with a major in music performance and a minor in auto engineering and currently in the marching symphonic and jazz band ensembles at Morehouse College where I am first tenor and a section leader in the marching band. Uh, to the music students from time to time uh, across the AUC, which is Clark and Spellman and Morehouse.
1: So thank you guys for joining me today. We're going to be talking about the death of George Floyd. And did you guys see the video and how do you feel about
3: the video? I know for me, when I saw the video, it was, is it crazy to say I was numb Mm -hmm. in a sense? Like it was hurtful and heartbreaking to watch that. But after literally, means. I, it, yeah, like, I entered high school when Trayvon Martin had first gotten killed, like, literally murdered, like, I literally spent all of high school throughout this, and now I'm in college, and like, nothing has changed, and then it's different because, you know, I'm the daughter of two former NOPD officers, like, so my perspective on things was a little different, like, I went to my mom, I asked her, like, did you see the video, like... You know, how do you feel about this? And she was just like, this is some bold, some bold, literally televised genocide. The televised genocide of African-Americans and black people, this is all it is, it's genocide. There's a target on it. What can we do to protect ourselves without rebelling? People are saying like we're rioting and I feel like there's so much power in words to the point where it's like, you do not say we're rioting. Rioting implies that we have a certain level of socioeconomic advantage, Mm -hmm. a racial advantage rioting is what they were doing trying to get haircuts on the Capitol on their steps in the officers faces that's a riot rebelling you are already deemed inferior to a certain extent just heartbreaking Mm -hmm. it really just hurts me to see that there's been no change and it's at this point like what can we do besides do what we're doing now
0: for us like for our people it can be very traumatic and just seeing that over and over really gets old and it's very tiring, and people are still very sensitive to it. But these videos, like these murders that are happening and are getting media coverage, are making things move forward. Like we're seeing change. And these are things that would not have happened if people wouldn't have saw that video, people wouldn't have did the things they did or said, or just watched it and like had the resources or whatever to like step up to the plate and really make a difference. Hiding that kind of stuff, it's happened long enough. And I feel like now that we have these resources, we need to use them to our advantage.
2: It's tiring, it's numbing, and you just, it's like, it's embedded within a society, especially like when we scroll through Instagram mm-hmm. or whatever social media platform we do.
4: Attending the HBCU, you would think that being mostly black people in the area, you know, being a black community, just everybody would be on the same page, or uh, relatively around the same page, but talking to certain people about these issues that's been going on in the North, they are sort of indifferent. There's, they cannot relate to the struggle mm-hmm. that it uh, on a regular basis. Like when I talk about race and or white versus black or injustice, they seem kind of lost about it because those type of things don't happen up there. Um, like their white people don't see, um, well, most of them, their whole community as a whole don't see oh it's another black person stealing it's just another person stealing or is it oh that's a criminal because he's black no it's because he's a criminal because it's a criminal you see what i'm saying they don't see color up there and it's very hard to get the northern communities to understand why it's such a huge issue and so i think if we can somehow move that veil if we can get them to understand that the like what they don't see on a regular basis versus what the uh The other black communities are seeing further down south and on the west coast, Mm. um, then I feel as though we can get more supporters and more uh, influence around the country. Because right now, only certain select states in the north like Baltimore, Minneapolis, and New York face more so targeted black men versus states like Rhode Island, Massachusetts, Maine, Maryland. So
1: did you guys see what Trump tweeted for that tweet? So incorporating that tweet with the current state of things, how do you feel as an individual being a black person in America during this time?
2: During this specific time, I feel like I need to be, stay, like I need to stay put because mm. stay put in my room, in my house, because of one, like, like what they were saying on the CNN headline the other day, there are two viruses affecting this country, which is racism and COVID-19 that's basically why because I have people here who are like have underlying health conditions Mm -hmm. it's not even about me getting infected at this point it's about my family and then if I am to leave the house every day I leave I'm threatened with my life being taken away Mm -hmm. and it's honestly sad a sad reality that I have to deal with along with my brothers and sisters. Do you
1: think that that is an effective plan to solve what's going on? If a, a individual who that's not their concern for you, would you tell them to stay put in, in the house to solve this situation?
2: If, if it's not of concern, um, go for it. Yeah. I just hope like you stay safe about it. Be smart. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're watching your back along with whoever you're with. Um, yeah, I know
3: for me, I have the same um, issue where like, you know, I live with my grandmother now, mm-hmm. but right now, like looking at everything that's going on, I know for me, it's just, it's crazy to think that just like um, a couple of months ago, we all had a certain sense of being invincible. Like we all know that, you know, anything can happen any day. So it's not like we're sitting here like, oh, nobody could touch me. But like look at it. like when you look around you, everybody has a mask on now. Because you're scared that your brother, your sister, your friend, or oh, it's just a kickback with three people. Like one of my friends recently, um, I graduated with her. She just lost her stepfather and her grandmother to coronavirus. Okay. And now she's looking around and it's like, now I gotta fear for my two younger brothers. Like they're only in the fourth grade in kindergarten. Now it's like what do I do now like I'm their older sister I have to protect them but I can't even protect myself for me I feel a little discouraged and I know I have to keep pushing through and then it kind of gets worse when you're at least for me at a PWI it's like I haven't seen anything revolutionary or how do I put it like anything that moved me to be like oh that's my college that's my university like you could put out your statements. It's like the, the many microaggressions that I've experienced on campus, whether it's like I walk into a room, it's like, oh, are you in the wrong lab? No, I'm in the correct research lab, even though I'm a freshman and not supposed to be in the research lab right now. It's, yeah. oh, are you confused for somebody else? No, <laughs> I'm in the right place. And now oh. I go on Canal Street, it's like, am I gonna get hit by a horse today because Y'all don't know how to do crowd control. It's just, there's no, like, you damn, you're damn you damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. That's how I feel. It's like, I don't know what to do. All I've been doing is donating, signing petitions, putting the word out there. I'm trying to do everything I can, especially with being on the African-American Culture Center eBoard. I just contacted them. I was like, we have yet to put out a statement. At this point, NAACP is the only Black organization on campus that put out a statement.
1: Mm-hmm. That
3: is... That is literally, I want to say blasphemy, because it's like, you have a hundred black men, black men, BMLI, you have all these organizations, the time is now to not be dormant, the time is to wake up, it is time to do the work, but how can you do the work if you physically cannot do anything? I feel like everybody doesn't know what to do because they don't know there are different routes and avenues to go. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like, I just have to keep educating myself, okay, I donated here. Where can I volunteer here? It's like, we just got to put in the work. It's like rocking a hard place right now.
0: When Trump tweeted that the other night, I honestly wasn't surprised at all. He does that all the time. He can just come in the middle of a bad situation and make it worse. He'll just say things just kind of like, not even thinking about what he's saying first, put it out there, doesn't care about whatever weight they carry. He just says it, like he just talks. And I honestly, it was very disrespectful, but I definitely wasn't surprised though. It didn't catch me off guard, but I am very happy with the way that um, the mayor of Minneapolis has handled this entire situation. I think he's done a great job. I really feel like there's like a genuine need, like he genuinely feels like, you know, what happened was was a problem and that it needs mm-hmm. to be under control. Also, I was happy with the amount of um, white people that was out there. Yeah. That just Not necessarily just white people, but like, you know, everybody else who wasn't you know, a part of the Black community specifically that were out there helping. But I've also, like, as time went on these past few days, a lot of people who I've just noticed that there are just so many white people out there who aren't there for, like, genuine reasons. I feel like they are there to just kind of start confusion and chaos, and that I don't like at all. So at first, I was very pleased with the way the mayor was handling things and, like, the amount of white people out there just kind of showing up as allies not just saying they were allies but um lately i don't know it's gotten really it's really gotten out of control so
4: i think um i think trump's recent actions just further exemplify what obama said that the leadership is running like chickens with their heads cut off like paris said uh, the mayor has handled the situation very well versus our own president who's is still failing to deal with the COVID-19 pandemic, but now he has another rising problem that's gonna really hurt America, and he's saying, oh, he thinks brute force is going to settle down. They're either gonna chill out or die down, but what you don't understand, like, you can try to put somebody down, but somebody else is gonna rise in their place because it's just tired. People are tired, people want, it's some change. They want something to change. Why can mass murderers be um, peacefully arrested? They know uh, knees on necks, no uh, housing, no any unnecessary force, but people accused of doing the wrong thing are treated like they're dangers, like they're threats when they haven't killed a single soul Mm -hmm. so how can you as a president allow fully armed white men go to capitals and protest that i want quarantine to be over i'm sick of it i want my haircuts i want to be able to go golf i want to be able to do xyz and you don't send the national guard for that when they're armed but us we're armed with markers in Post the board saying we want to be treated equal. We don't want to fear our life every time we leave the house. Not because there's a virus going on, but because the color of our skin makes us a threat to anybody. And that's just not right. We need more prominent leaders.
1: How do you guys feel about... The people within the Black community telling us to basically stop, like, don't rebel, don't burn down buildings and stuff like that. I've seen personally different people going on live tweets saying this is not going to work. Like, how do you guys feel about the whole mindset from individuals within our community?